You are now tuned in, tuned in. to the Spectators, Spectators Podcast. What is good, you guys? Another week, another pod. This is episode 93 of the Spectators Podcast. I'm Packy. I hope everybody had a good 4th of July weekend. Here in Michigan, it was hot as hell, but it was beautiful, man. Um, Glow and I were able to get up north, get out on Lake Michigan, play some golf, had some bonfire action, just just real 4th of July. You know, we had a good-ass time. Hope you guys were able to be around some friends and fam as much as possible with the with the coronavirus situation going on. Get outside. Enjoy that shit. Um, Fourth of July, one of the one of the best holidays in my opinion. Middle of the summertime, get outside, do some grilling. Um, it, it's right up there. Um, so again, hope you guys had a had a good weekend. Back to the grind now. Um Probably gonna have a real random podcast today. Just, just a hodgepodge of topics that that I grabbed from over the weekend. There wasn't, unlike unlike normal, there wasn't like one main thing that just really stuck in my craw this week that that I that I wanted to talk about. So we'll just have some random stuff to touch on, uh, see where it takes us. But um, first, as always, let's get into some some spectators news. I'm a company man, I do it all for the brand. I give my blood to the job and I give my love to the fans. Really spec from the jump, never no check in advance. And at the end of the month, I'm a company man, I do it all for the brand. I give my blood to the job and I give my love to the fans. Really spec from the jump, never no check in advance. And at the end of the month, I earn a check in my hand. So, first things first, new music from Apollo this week. Blacked out freestyle. Uh, be ready for that. Like I've told you before, Apollo's got a lot in the tuck. Took a little, took a little time off uh, to to stockpile the archive, and I know he's got a lot in the tuck. So you're gonna be seeing seeing that released over the coming weeks and months. Uh, so be ready for that new Apollo this week, I believe Friday. Um, and you can always check the the spectators, uh, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, uh, to see what's going on. And as always, the the artists themselves, their pages. And the website's all up to date. We got all the artists on there now. Um, they've got their own pages with some some photos and bios and their music and everything. So if there's there's guys you're not familiar with, uh, you can always check out thespectators.com uh, to see what's going on with them. Other than that, um, I have had some questions about the new formation of of the from the label to the collective and and how that's going to look. Um, <clears throat> one thing that I've that I've seen on YouTube is what happens to the channel now. And essentially, um, from a fan's perspective, from a consumer's perspective to you guys, it's just going to look how it always has with more artists now. So as opposed to when it was just Apollo and, and me, um, and whenever we would drop music or, or a video or anything, you, you saw that on our channel. Now, when... Um, Ali drops a song, it'll be on the channel. When Drew Matt drops a song, it'll be on the channel, and, and so on and so forth. And and I've told the guys basically, um, if they have any anything they want to exclusively drop on the channel, um, that they can feel free to use the channel as a platform. For example, if uh, let's say 
Hush wants to start a vlog, a weekly like vlog where he's in the studio and talks about his process or or anything. Um, then we can use the spectators channel as as a way to get that out there to you guys. Um, but it's completely up to them on if they want to use their own channels for that or if they want to use the spectators channel. Um, the only thing that we're gonna do, no matter what, is post the guys' music. Um, and then it's going to be up to them outside of that what what they want to use the channel for. So yeah, you'll ju you'll still see a bunch of music. Uh, you'll see everything to do with with me. I'll always be using the Spectators channel. Um, and yeah, so just a bunch of music and videos from from more artists now. So um, nothing crazy happening with the channel other than that. Um, one thing I have been trying to play around with on what I want to do is, assuming I do eventually have video for the podcast. Um, debating whether I want to use the channel for that or not. <clears throat> I mean, it's, it seems a shame to have a big channel um, for your brand and not utilize it for things, but I also don't want to muddy things up. I remember when we did the the video for the podcast, that you just have a channel full of podcasts um, mixed in with music, and I think sometimes it's better to be a more focused channel on a specific thing, and if we're going to be posting a bunch of music from all of our artists to mix in podcasts every week with that. Uh, and, and the podcasts aren't directly related to the music. You know, I'll talk about golf or something random on the podcast. So I got to decide on that. But other than that, as far as what happens to the channel, not a big change. Just, just assume it's the spectators that you've always known with some more artists. Um, one of the things I've seen a lot of, will there be a song with everybody on it? Uh, a lot of people want that. I'm sure there will be. Um, we have a bunch of different like collab talks in the works, but, uh, there's nothing concrete in the tuck. No, we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants right now. Everybody's having fun with it. I think I actually think some of the Apollo went out to, <clears throat> um, LA and some of the guys are out there working right now, <clears throat> which is dope. So I'm sure some collab records will come out of that. Excuse me. <clears throat> I'm sure some collabs will come out of that. Um, and plenty more. So, I've seen a lot of that uh, question being asked as far as like a, a big posse cut, and I'm sure that'll happen. Um, yeah, those are a couple of the main questions you can keep. Feel free to ask me um, if you have any questions about it because I want to make sure everybody's knows what to expect. Everybody's on the same page. I know when we first made the change back five, six years ago to a label, <clears throat> there were people that, uh, for whatever reason, didn't get it and just kind of, like moved on and uh didn't check back once they saw things they didn't recognize whether it was new artists or things like that so i i want to lose as few people in the process of making this change so if you have questions feel free to ask i'll, I'll try to answer the ones that seem to be the most popular ones um one thing i did want to talk about <clears throat> is merch um as you guys know if you've ordered merch uh there have been lots of delays with COVID, um, and most, I guess I'll start at the beginning because not all of you have paid close attention to every time we talk about merch. A while back, we started um, using a third party uh, to ship our merch. So we used, to, we used to just have everything come to us in bulk, and then we would ship it out to you guys. Um, in order to incorporate some different products, for example, the mugs, the uh, iPhone cases, <clears throat> things like that. We've started to go through a third party to give you guys more options. But they ship everything out. 
Um, and it's kind of out of our control as far as how that's being shipped out and delivered. They, they give us guidelines, but obviously everything's just gone out the window with COVID. It's hard to make any type of like demands or this should be this way. Um, and so we've, we've, we've gotten some messages about there've been a, most people seem to have gotten their stuff, maybe a slight delay. And then there's some people that have had crazy delays. And, um, unfortunately it's, it's just, a little bit out of our hands. Obviously, if your stuff never comes, you can always feel free to reach out to gear at the spectators.com and, and we'll make sure we get you taken care of. You don't have to worry about that. But um, I just want to tell you guys going forward with us getting out of the office space and with all this pandemic stuff, um, Mo and I are, are kind of getting together to rethink how we do merch, um, make it a little more just make it a little smoother for us and for you guys uh, going forward. Obviously, a pandemic is unprecedented, but I think there are a few things we can do uh, to make it a little more streamlined and make the process a little smoother going forward. Um, maybe this pandemic has <clears throat> given us a few ideas to um, make that happen. So <clears throat> just want to thank you guys for your patience. And again, if you ever have any questions with Merge Gear at thespectators.com, with us moving out of the office, we've taken down some of the products that we ship out um, because, like I said, we're we're trying to um, kind of streamline and come up with a little bit of a smoother process. And <clears throat> I don't want you guys to have any issues with any bigger issues with COVID. So we took some of that stuff down, but we're still sending out merch. Um, anything you order right now is coming from uh, the third party and it'll get to you. Don't worry. Um, so things are still available to order and are being sent out. Feel free to place your orders. It sounds like most people are getting their products in a, in a timely fashion. We've just had a few issues with things taking extra long. Um, so still expect some delays, but they will get to you. And, and in the meantime, we're revamping a bit. So stay tuned for that. Um, that's about it for the spectators right now. Um, subscribe to the spectators podcast on Apple podcasts or follow on Spotify. If you want to go the extra mile, leave a five-star review. Thanks to all the loyal listeners and let's pod. You are now tuned in, Tune in. to the spectators, spectators podcast. All right. So like I said, we've kind of got a hodgepodge of topics this week. Um, <clears throat> apparently I, I returned to social media world after the, 4th of July weekend and saw Kanye is running for president. Um, wish I could say that that was a shocking tweet, but it's not. Um, and I'll be honest, I don't pay it much mind. I don't know if even to this, to this day, I don't know if he's come out and said it's a joke or if it's serious or what. If he was dead serious about it, I'd be, you know, I'd be interested and I'd be like totally okay with it. I'm not, when I say interested, I don't mean that I would like, you know, he's my candidate. I just mean I can take someone serious with that, but I just, he's established a track record for himself in maybe looking for attention that it's hard to not assume ulterior motives here. Just trying to get attention for himself, um, releasing stuff, staying relevant, staying in the, in the spotlight. And it is funny how so many of us recognize clickbait and things when we see it yet it still works like it still gets you all this attention even if we all recognize it and i guess that's why people keep doing it um but yeah 
apparently Kanye is running for president. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes and, and how many votes he gets. I guess in the grand scheme of things, you know, how much worse of a candidate is he than some of the, some of the people we have in politics already. So um, I'll, I'm just interested. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt as far as um, just risk takers and, and, and people that, that kind of think for themselves and, I like to give them the benefit of the doubt on, yeah, you know, I, I think of you this way, but okay, you want to do this. But like I said, Kanye has a track record of just being a very uh, egotistical, wanting the attention type of guy, and this kind of just screams that to me, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, Kanye running for president. Oh, I saw a good article on um, DJ Booth. If you guys listen to the podcast, you know that's one of my favorite outlets. Uh, one of the last good hip-hop, like, blogs left, in my opinion. Um, they had a good article about the world of live performances during and after COVID-19 now. Um, and I touched on this at the very beginning of the pandemic, and I haven't talked about it in a little while, but it just really is, like, you guys know that I've not, I, my strategy hasn't been, um, live performances. Um, I haven't done a whole time. I did maybe two or th three years, uh, well, more than that. The whole beginning of my career, I did a lot of shows. And then as it kind of went on, I scaled back on the tours and the shows. Um, I do like one big hometown show every year and then a couple different spot dates. But I hadn't toured up until I planned this Guess You Had to Be There tour. I hadn't gone on a, a, a full tour since maybe 2015, 16. Um, so, but I know there's lots of artists, especially bigger artists, that are in deals with labels where they don't make uh, a big percentage of their, their distribution. And so they're almost using streaming and, and distribution as a way to market and promote for people to come out to these shows and that's where they make their money. So coronavirus has this COVID-19 has really put things in a completely different perspective for a lot of these labels and artists. Um, and it's kind of scary for a lot of those, those people I would think. And it definitely affects all artists, big and small, but it affects different people who have had different strategies more. I know someone like Russ, and I think I talked about this on a previous podcast, um, was talking about how it stresses the importance of having a catalog of music and being able to generate that money because you're not able to get out on tour and, and do these things. Um, but they started the article with maybe talking about alternatives because here's the thing. Live performances likely aren't coming back for all of 2020. Um, my guess is that I don't see how you can really have a big live performance until we have a vaccine. Um, so that, that's a problem for lots of artists and a lot of the industry in general. Um, and, and doing the whole live stream thing, which a lot of artists have adapted to. And, and I think that's been great because you got to think outside the box when crazy stuff like this happens. They're great for the time being, but there's no replacement for an in-person concert experience. There's just something about like 
listening to an artist's music for years and then going and seeing them right in front of you live on the stage and watching them perform. And from an artist's perspective, because I can speak from both perspectives, there's nothing like actually meeting your fans in person and talking to them. Um, so while the live streams are a great alternative and, and it's what we have to do right now, you, there's some people being like, is this the new wave of concert? Is it? No, you can't replace that in-person experience. Um, but right now, big shows and tours and festivals, they're, they're done for sure for the year, in my opinion, because you, you can't pack that many people into one place and they got to plan those things so far in advance. It seems like everything is already, has already backed it up until... 2021 and I know early on people were trying to push it back to the fall but it just seems more and more like 2020 is not a feasible thing um and even smaller smaller shows smaller venue artists even if a show is is technically legal to do as far as how many people are under one roof they probably won't happen because turnouts are going to be lower than normal because of health concerns and there's also just a PR aspect of that. Like, I know I don't want to be one of the first artists, big or small, to start promoting a tour and, and, and things while all this is going on. Um, so I, I just don't see any of this stuff happening for a long time. Um, and while it's tough for artists, and I talked about this at the beginning as well, agencies and promoters are, are really going to suffer. Um, they've talked about, Live Nation is, is already trying to put certain things in place to to kind of put a ton of the risk back on artists when they do these shows. Um, and without going into the gritty details, essentially as far as just insurance and um, things like that, they're trying to put a lot of the risk back on artists as opposed to them taking it on themselves, which I just can't imagine going over very well. Like, um, in which they kind of mentioned in, in this DJ booth article as well, artists have a lot of power in their popularity. And if you're taking on this massive risk to do a show through a live nation or something like that, it gets to a point where why not just talk to your manager and, and, and set up your own thing. Like, I don't care where it is, go out to a field and set up a show where, you're not taking on all this massive risk by going through these agencies and and promotion and and promote promoters. So it's it's just a really tricky situation because I also understand an agency and promoters uh, perspective as far as um, and I talked about this at the beginning, like I said of the pandemic of they're taking one of the bigger brunts of this whole thing. <clears throat> this is their whole business model is these these live live shows. Um, I'll give you an example. It's one that they gave in, in, in this DJ booth article. You have uh, situations like Lizzo and her agent negotiated for her to get 100% upfront to headline Virgin Fest. Uh, and I, they were able to get that, which is typically crazy to get 100% of your money up front um, because apparently this festival doesn't have a track record. It must be new. Um, and, of course, I had to cancel due to the pandemic, and <clears throat> Lizzo isn't returning any of the money. She got 100% up front. She's not returning any of the money. I get why promoters and venues are now trying to put things in place to make sure things like that don't happen because that's a killer. Um, 
I also get why artists wouldn't take on the risk going forward, like I said. In the Lizzo situation, it's a really difficult one. I'd like to think if it were me, I'd give the money back. I didn't fulfill any of the obligations of the arrangement. Um, obviously, if she put money or, or time into her performance already before it was canceled, she should definitely keep whatever's necessary to make up for that. And I, like I said, time or money. Like Obviously, if she had to pay... Uh, for certain things for the performance, she should definitely recoup that. But also, if she spent a lot of time on the performance and and, and practicing and rehearsing and, and whatever went into the set, she should feel free to recoup herself for that too. But if it, if it was just all profit on top for, for doing nothing, because you get paid to do the show, um, then that seems a, a bit unethical to me. I mean, I, I get both sides of that. It's a tough call. Um, like I said, I'd like to think I would, I would give it back, but I know how that sounds too, like easy to say when it's not you. Um, but it just, it just creates a big dilemma for both artists and promoters in a world where they have to work together. And it's just, it's putting a stop on a lot of that stuff. And they even touched on, uh, like the typical 360 deal, how a lot of that is based on tours and making money on tours. And when that just has to stop for a full year, maybe more, um, it just creates a, a a big problem for that whole industry. So something to keep an eye on. Um, hopefully when things open back up, people are able and willing to go support uh, because, man, it's especially as a small artist like myself, it's just unfortunate seeing that a lot of these independent music venues and smaller music venues are... They're just not going to make it through this. It's it's only the ones that were in great financial situations that are going to be be able to make it through to the other side of this. Um, but something to keep an eye on. Um, I think that was about it for music. Um, golf tournament in Detroit over the weekend. The Rocket Mortgage Classic. Bryson DeChambeau was the big winner. And he's been killing it. Um, if you guys pay attention to golf, I know some of you do. He got massive over the last, I don't know how many months. Um, so he's hitting the ball just ridiculously far. And he's also the, the mad scientist of golf where he's, he's really um, delved into the science of golf and how to, uh, just, I'll give you an example. He uses every club that he has is the same length as opposed to typically you know, your pitching wedge is shorter than your nine iron is shorter than your eight iron and so on and so forth. And he, he just, he looks into all these things. They call him the mad scientist to try to, his swing is even much more, um, uh, robotic and, you know, sciencey than a typical fluid, just athletic swing because he feels like it takes out a lot of room for air and he's playing amazing. Um, so credit to him. But there's a whole conversation in golf right now about, and it's been going on before this. I think this is kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back about if players are hitting the ball too far. Um, and essentially, the reason for that is you have golf courses that cost a lot of money to build, and they take a lot of land, and they're made a certain way. And so once guys, like if a course was made 30 years ago, 50 years ago, uh, to be a certain way and play a certain style, but now guys are hitting the ball 
I mean, literally a hundred yards further than when this course was made, it can't really be played in the same way anymore. Um, guys would just tear it up. So it's gotten probably to the point of ridiculous now. And my guess is that we're moving toward uh, equipment or, or even equipment and courses for, for pros versus amateurs. Um, and I mean, 99% of golfers are, are amateurs and won't be trying to le lengthen their courses to host tournaments. Um, like the course, just a course that I'm going to go out and play, um, here in Michigan, they're not trying to host tournaments. Um, in fact, in all likelihood, a lot of these courses are add, adding forward tees because people don't hit the ball far enough and, and they're slow getting around the course with coming in with, you know, a hundred plus on the scorecard. So they're trying to add forward tees and facilitate making the courses easier. And that's like 99%, but top notch courses that want to host tournaments, uh, they're spending tons of money every so often to lengthen their courses and add longer tees and change the holes in order to be able to have a course that presents any type of challenge for these players that are hitting it, you know, almost 400 yards sometimes off the tee. And that's the problem golf is facing. In basketball, we've seen the three-point line move back a, a tiny bit as players can consistently shoot from longer distance than the players of old, right? Like, there as as good as as good a shooter as Larry Bird was he he wasn't the long range shooter that Steph Curry is and now there's even more like Dame Lillard is right there there's a lot of players that can pull up from way deeper than players of old were and so they move the the three point line back but just a little it's not a huge change and the reason it's different in basketball compared to a sport like golf the advantage that basketball and and football have over a sport like golf is that there's actually a team out there playing defense. So it mitigates these these evolutions in skill. Like, it, it's one of the things that people always say, who would win Michael Jordan versus LeBron James or something like that. And in my opinion, it's always been LeBron James hands down, like if we're, if we're doing peak against peak, because the evolution of the athlete is just crazy in, in every sport. Um like, if you want to put someone that plays now, the best player now in a sport compared to the best player 30 years ago, the best player now is going to win most of the time, in my opinion, because we're just better athletes now. Um, so, yes, basketball makes adjustments here and there in order to maintain the spirit of how the game is supposed to be played. Because, like I said, everybody's getting better. You can shoot from further. You can jump higher. People are taller, bigger. Um but these things don't these changes don't have to be as drastic because at the end of the day the defenders are evolving as well there's two teams out there these golf courses aren't evolving unless millions of dollars are pumped into them but then you also have to have the land available to change in in the first place so it's just really tricky and it's something the sports going to have to figure out um and this one's tough for me because Obviously, like I've said, in a whole lot of ways, I'm on the side of the fact that this is a problem for the PGA and, and that something needs to be done about it. I do kind of err on that side. But the thing that sucks about it is that I respect the fact that a guy like DeChambeau or, or Kepka or, or Tiger in his prime even decided to be true athletes. Like, you don't think of golfers as the best athletes out there, but these guys decided to be true athletes, get their bodies in tip-top shape, 
to perform at at peak levels for their for their sport which has given them a leg up on the competition and they deserve that leg up that they've earned because they put in the work i mean imagine sitting back as a golfer and being like okay how do i get to the top of my sport and then you go put in crazy work and you get there and then the league comes out and goes okay it's gotten out of hand you're too good now it's not fair i mean that obviously doesn't sit right with me so Somehow they'll have to come up with a way in which these guys still have the advantage over the competition that they've earned. But overall, everybody's hitting the ball a little shorter so these courses can stay intact. I don't know if that's going to be changing the golf ball or having a a threshold for clubs that manufacturers have to stay within. Uh, I also feel like it's going to have to trend the direction of rules and regulations for pros but not for amateurs which is tricky in its own right because now, you know, there's just a certain aspect with golf that you look at the pros and you you compare it to your own game and you think about it in terms of your own game. So we can't and won't get the same equipment as the pros, which changes all types of club marketing. And we can't compare how far we hit the ball to the pros because we're using different equipment if, they, if there have to be um, um, lower limits on the pros' equipment and, and things like that. I do feel like these are small prices to pay compared to going certain alternative routes. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one. There's going to be a downside to whatever route they decide to go, and that includes a downside to going no route. Um, if they decide to just keep going the way they've been going, there's obviously a huge downside to that in that. I mean, think of just for example, um, like some just prestigious courses, historical courses like Augusta National, um, if guys keep at the at the progression at the rate they're going hitting the ball like you're going to change the way completely the way these courses are played and it's going to be all just overpowering the course hitting a fairway doesn't matter and maybe that's okay um maybe maybe that's just the evolution of the game but we'll see i i don't i don't know that i'm so strongly on one side of this that i think there's a right and a wrong answer but the game's going to change one way or another, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, <laughs> this is another thing that happened with this tournament and Bryson DeChambeau. So we got in a little thing with a cameraman um, one of the days of this tournament. And uh, apparently he hit a shitty shot out of the bunker, and I think he, like, slammed his club super hard, just excalibrated into the into the bunker or something, yelled some expletive. Um, and then he, he like missed the, missed the putt walking off the green. Apparently he was talking to this camera guy, had like a, what they would call a heated exchange with the cameraman for like a minute as he's walking off the green. And apparently, um, this was his explanation. I guess I'll just read the quote to you. Um, when he was asked about it after the round, he says, and this is when he says he, he's talking about the cameraman. He was literally watching me the whole entire way up after getting out of the bunker, walking up next to the green. And I just was like, sir, what is the need to watch me that long? DeChambeau said, I mean, I understand it's his job to video me, but at the same point, I think we need to start protecting our players out here compared to showing a potential vulnerability and hurting someone's image. I just don't think that's necessarily the right thing to do. End quote. This is an absurd take. It's not the cameraman's fault. And Bryson, if you lost your cool and thought it was so out of character, go talk about that in your press conference and say that. 
don't go to the camera guy. That actually shows what what type of guy you are. Like, I think people would have respected. I know I would have respected if you're out on the golf course. You first of all, I don't. I'm not one that really cares all that much that you lost your cool for a second. If you do it consistently, it gets annoying. But if you lost your cool for a second, I'm not flipping out about it anyway. But for people that are, and if you're embarrassed of it, just go to your like go in your press conference after and be like. Yeah, I, I I regret my my reaction on the, the seventh green after getting out of the bunker. That's that's out of character. I can't be doing that. People would have respect for that. Um, but to to go after the camera guy like he's not supposed to. So he's supposed to film all the great shit you do, and put that out there for everyone to take in. Um, but you have a you have a momentary lapse, and he's not. He's supposed to protect you. No, that's that's insane. Like, own your shit. Branding is getting out of control in general. That's part of the reason, and I know it's overused, especially, like, in the hip-hop world that I'm in, but I just appreciate realness so much. Um, It's why I hate things like cancel culture, like I talked about last week. This type of worry of of DeChambeau's, it's kind of a result of cancel culture in a way. Celebrities just being terrified of ruining their brand rather than just being themselves and that being their brand, that you almost, these celebrities morph into being a brand and not an actual human. (laughs) Like, we're more worried about how we're perceived than how we actually are, and it results in a bunch of just, like, groupthink and bad things like that. Like, be you, man. If people don't like it, they don't like it. But I get that that's terrifying to do nowadays because there are people out there looking to make that affect you and your money and your livelihood, like, Oh, Bryson said a bad word and had a temper tantrum. Everybody, contact Puma and ask why they're sponsoring this madman. Like, so I get the concern. Um, But for somebody as disciplined as DeChambeau seems to be with his game and his body and the science behind his tactics, how can you be so undisciplined with your composure? Like, that's part of the game. If you're so worried about how that would affect your brand, don't do it. And if you can't help yourself, then that's just part of who you are, dude. Like, these guys film what you do on the course, good or bad. If it's all good, then you're gravy. If it's not, then you got something to address, but that's you. They're not, they're not paid by you to be their, their brand consultants. You're in the hunt in a big-time tournament. Of course the cameras are on you. It, makes, it really makes you appreciate Tiger and other top players, um, and even like like in other sports, like LeBron, who, you know, understand this aspect of things, that they're always in the spotlight and try their best to be themselves anyway. Um, or whether to like a, a good combination of being themselves and protecting their brand, but taking the onus on themselves. Like at the end of the day, it's up to you. I mean, come on, man. That's that's that was just a very childish reaction. Um, I think it's a why a lot of a lot of people uh, aren't big on Bryson DeChambeau. I'm kind of one of those. Uh, I respect what he's done with his game, but he's he just seems like a bizarre dude. Um, another huge thing in sports: Pat Mahomes' 10-year contract extension, 500 million, richest contract in NFL history. Going to be under contract with the Chiefs till he's 37. Um, I mean, great move on both sides. I don't have a lot to say about this. I love to see it. Young stud deciding to stick with one team. Um, if you're the Chiefs, why not take that risk? Could could 
could be the best player of all time at obviously the most important position. Um, and yeah, it sounds like from, from what I heard about it, he's under his original contract for the next two years. So they still have cap space to do whatever they want over the next two years to defend their title and all that. And then they'll have, unless something terrible happens, they'll have the best quarterback in the game for a long ass time after that. And yeah, they'll be paying him good money, but I mean, that's what you do with the best quarterback in the game. So uh, great move all around. Have he uh, Pat Mahomes another another one like we were just talking about athletes and their images versus who they are and blah blah blah. I think he's another guy that does a great job of seems like a good dude anyway. Also does a good job of protecting his brand, but it seems real. Maybe I'm being fooled, but it seems real to me. Just seems like a good solid dude. Um, but yeah, uh, that's about it for this week. Um, Oh, the, I'll leave you with this. I feel like I've recently had some just like parting thoughts on the on the pod. This is something I made a little note of. I don't even remember why. It was earlier in the week. People really want you to be the same for your whole life sometimes. Like we, I don't know whether it's social media that we're just connected with everybody and know, feel like we know everybody. Um, but, and I don't, I don't, I'm talking about everything. I don't care whether it's your career your politics, your friends, whatever your priorities are. People really get bothered by change. Don't worry about these people. That's something I have to remind myself a lot, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. We have X amount of years on this earth. Imagine being confined to a, par- to like a particular line of thinking or a particular lifestyle for the, for the whole time you're on this earth. Educate yourself, learn things, experience things, take risks be open. Um, it, it's, it's often the saddest, most insecure people that want to criticize change. Um, we talk about this in sports sometimes. A football player can only be a football player into maybe his mid-30s or so for the most part. Some a little older, a lot younger than that. Um, but he still has a whole life to live after that. And do many of them remain in the football realm, whether as like commentators or whatever? Sure. And, and and it makes sense because they've established a certain expertise there. Do they have to stay in the football realm? Absolutely not. And their career in football shouldn't disqualify them from legitimacy in whatever they dedicate themselves to next. So it, it goes back to something I talk about often these days. You guys have heard it before if you listen to the pod. Two plus two equals four, no matter who's telling it to you. It's just a fact. Let people be what they want to be and judge their ideas, their actions, their statements. Don't use your preconceived notions of what they're supposed to be. It's even like, and and I hate to use this this example because I have my own feelings on this, but like I talked about Kanye West is running for president. Okay. If you're one like, like myself, who, who I don't even want to say judges him for that, but has their own thoughts on that because Kanye has established a, uh, record for himself of being egotistical, looking for attention, that's one thing. But there are people out there that look at it as Kanye West is a rapper. He can't run for president. He's a rapper. And that's just a, that's just a bad, to me, that's a bad mindset. Putting people in boxes like that, it just, I don't know, it just, I hate it. I hate it. And it it ends up with you have like career politicians, like people people that often don't get anything actually done for communities, but 
they're just career politicians. So you put them in that box and, and we let them just be there. Um, and, and I think we just need to be open to people's ideas. And there are, there are amazing people in the world that can do one thing and do something else amazing in a totally different realm. Like, and, and take it for what it is. Like, I think I've talked about this before of uh, uh, Kim Kardashian, you know, is trying to be a lawyer or whatever. And I don't know a whole lot about it, but I just remember when she first said she was going to, she, she just gets dragged and it's like, why can't she be? Like... It just seems so bizarre to me that like, well, but she's Kim Kardashian, reality TV star. I know, I know who she is. She's ditzy, whatever. She can't be a lawyer. Well, let, let that be decided. Why can't she? She can try. And if she fails, she fails. But damn, like we put people in these boxes and we don't, we don't let them grow. And it's like, it happens with people that do take risks and get themselves in the public eye and then they're stuck in these boxes. Whereas people that don't take any risks and just sit back and, and don't make any type of major impact in their lives, they can do all these things because nobody gives a damn. Nobody knows what they're doing. So don't hold people to a certain standard that you wouldn't want to be held to. Um, imagine if the, if the public eye was on you, you were a, uh, I don't know, you were a, uh, garbage man and then you wanted to be a doctor and you put your ass through medical school and you and you got it done and that's a great story but if it was publicly known and widely known that you were this this garbage man and then you wanted to be a doctor you'd get all this criticism that you can't do that and and that just, that's just stupid to me we got to allow people to better themselves to learn to change to to take risks to do unique cool things i think that's one of the things that makes society a cool place is we're, we're made up of so many different people with so many different talents and let them tap into these things don't put them in these boxes so i don't know that's just my little two cents at the end of the pod but take it for what it's worth that's it for this week i appreciate everybody who tunes in each and every tuesday for the new pods y'all are appreciated make sure you subscribe on apple podcasts or follow on spotify so you get the pod in your library right away holler at me at packy raps on twitter let me know your thoughts and i will talk to you guys next tuesday I'm a company man, I do it all for the brand I get my blood to the job and I get my love to the fans Really spec from the jump, never no check in advance And at the end of the month, I earn a check in my hand